Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive help supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. So what's going on, Glenn? Anything big? Anything going on? <laughs> Anything? What's going on? Well, the car company that, you know, has had yes. my car for four years, mm-hmm. uh, they said, as soon as Glenn gets off the air, we'd like to have a conference call. Are you kidding? Because yeah. didn't, I thought you were saying that you had tried to contact them and had yeah, well, we've, back. We've been writing to them. Two weeks ago, they asked a question. We were like, well, we, we, we need this information on a couple of things, and then we can give you an answer right away. And they haven't responded. And uh, But now, they, now they they're responding. To, what, they a oh, what a coincidence. What a coincidence. Not sure I want to chat. Not sure I want to chat. You know, it's like you get to a point to where you're like, just, just box it up. I've been frustrated. My wife yeah. is livid, <laughs> livid over this. Back in a minute. Times had an editorial from Shalom Aslander, and uh, he wrote, This weekend, Jews around the world will celebrate the holiday of Passover in the name. Uh, it comes from the story of God passing over the homes of our distant ancestors on his way to slaughter the firstborn sons of evil Egyptians. Our forefathers, the story goes, marked their doorposts with lamb's blood in order to spare their own sons with the awful fate of their enemies. This time of war and violence and oppression and suffering, I propose we pass over something else. God. God, it seems, paints with a wide brush. He paints with a roller. In Egypt, said our rabbi, he even killed the firstborn cattle. He killed cows. If he were mortal, the God of the Jews, Christians and Muslims would be dragged to the Hague. And yet we praise him. We emulate him. We employ our children to be like him. Perhaps now, as missiles rain down and the dead are discovered in mass graves, it's a good time to stop emulating this hateful God. Perhaps we can stop extolling his brutality. Perhaps now is a good time to teach our children to pass over God, to be as unlike him as possible. That is the holiday New York Times op-ed. More in 60 seconds. Man, we are already teaching our kids to pass over God. We're already, we are, we are not in good shape, America. 
and we have to do everything we can to get onto the same page. Teach our children what they need to know. Tuttle Twins have a new book that is out. Uh, it is, I think, one of the most important topics one can teach their children right now. Uh, that way, and teach yourself, because uh, it's going to people are going to start clamoring to help the Fed when there's a crash. When inflation is out of control, the Fed will provide the answer that everyone will go, yes, we got to do it. They're the people that cause the problem. I want you to read the Tuttle Twins book. Now, this was made for kids, but you can read it to your kids, your grandkids. Read it yourself. We all will learn, even if you need just a refresher on the Fed. It is the Tuttle Twins and the creature from Jekyll Island. That is the Fed. How does inflation work? Why is inflation created? Who creates it? Why do prices go up? How's our monetary system work? Teach your kids. This is crucial for families to be ready so you can prepare. TuttleTwinsBeck.com. Get your book while supplies last for free. Tuttle Twins and the Creature from Jekyll Island. Free now. TuttleTwinsBeck.com. Rabbi Lappin. Everybody needs a rabbi, and you are mine. How are you, Rabbi? Couldn't be better, Glenn. It's so lovely to hear your voice again. Yeah. I was trying to think how long you and I have been friends. It's a long time already. Uh, yeah, it's been... I, thank you. I, I cherish the friendship. Yeah, likewise. So um, I want to talk to you, first of all, about this, this op-ed. This, oh, yeah. Your thoughts on it. Well, it's written by just yet another infantile, secular Jewish neurotic, and um, and there's a lot of them around. It's it's tiresome, you know. Frankly, uh, life's too short to waste time with that rubbish. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I like that. I mean, your first clue is that the New York Times published it, right? Right. the The problem here is is that I no, think seriously. I mean, honestly, this is this is a guy who has been shaking a defiant fist against God, um, you know, since his bar mitzvah. And it's, it, it's, it's tiresome to be subjected to it. You know, his aunts and uncles uh, probably tried to shut him up all through his adolescence, but now he has an audience, so he keeps at it. Um, it's, it's an interesting thing, but... Uh, would, this have been, would this have been printed 20 years ago, Rabbi, in um, the New probably, York Times? But not, not in the New York Times. Right. So there's always been uh, this interesting phenomenon, which is when, um, you know, when, when, uh, for the most part, when Christians lose their faith or or never accept their faith, then they're neutral. You know, they they really don't waste a lot of time and energy blasting Jesus. I mean, you just don't get a lot of that. Yeah. But it's a, it's a weird thing about Jews and, and probably, uh, the, one of the most, uh, valuable, and the credible validations of the story of the Bible. The fact that Jews are so different from everybody else in this area, when Jews abandon the faith of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, they don't become neutral. They become rabid secularists and, uh, and invariably join the ranks of radical socialism, almost always. 
Uh, I was watching the Ten Commandments this weekend with the kids, and I noticed something that I had never noticed before. By the way, did they play the uh, the opening of Cecil B. DeMille? Oh yes, we d- yes okay, we did. That's really important. No, I know it, it's, yeah. and I really kind of listened to it kind of the, for the first time. I mean, I've uh, I used to always watch it, but I never really listened to it. It is very important, and I stopped it there and I told the kids, "Do you know?" That the first scene that they shot was Exodus. I don't know if you know this, Rabbi. He shot Exodus first, that big scene with all those extras. He was sitting on a chair and he reaches over to the assistant director and puts his arm, uh, his hand on his arm and said, I don't want you to react to what I'm about to tell you, but I'm having a heart attack. And he looked at Cecil B. DeMille and went, wait, wait, what? And he's like, I told you not to react. If we stop filming today, this film will never be made. So I'm going to sit here and have my heart attack, and you're going to listen to what I say, and you're going to direct it. And he did. And that night, they took him to the hospital, and he had a heart attack. But anyway. My goodness. Something you may not know is that the prop of the actual Ten Commandments, he arranged to be carved out of rock from Sinai. You may not know this, <laughs> but we have we have the Ten Commandments at from that movie. Oh, in, so you do, oh my goodness! Yeah, so but I didn't I know that. With, when I've been with you, yeah. I I really have, please. I've got to look at it. Oh next yeah, time. yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's the Rock of what? It was called. He had it carved out of rocks from Mount Sinai. Wow! Have you seen the um, the video of the the area in Saudi Arabia that's being protected by the king? Yes, I, I'm quite sure they're correct. I'm quite sure that that is actually the really? real location. Yes. Really? If you haven't seen yeah. this online, you should watch it. I don't well, remember what no, it I, is. I can't but... remember the name of the, the terrific guy who did that whole yeah, yeah, yeah. and made the movie, but I do think he's correct. Oh, that's unbelievable, because it's yeah. all yeah. right there. I mean, you see, you see the altar with the calf. Yeah. You see the split rock. I mean, it's incredible. No, it's I, incredible. I think he has the geography and the timeline exactly right. Wow. Okay. So, um, Rabbi, I wanted to ask you uh, a couple of questions. Um, one, as I'm watching the Ten Commandments, it is so important, and I noticed it for the first time, that Cecil B. DeMille is saying, this is the beginning of freedom, the end of slavery. Yes. Tell me about that, because that's not the way I mean, it's it's uh, more of a, I've always perceived it as more of a story of God than Ten Commandments. Yeah. But that part is really important. Uh, the, the role it plays is, is very significant. In other words, we, we don't observe the Seder just as a commemorative event of a historic event that took place 3,300 years ago. No, uh, it's actually we play it as an annual I don't want to use the word vaccination anymore. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm down on those. So I'm going to say an annual. How about if I say inoculation? Okay. Yeah. Good. <laughs> um, uh, uh, against being subject to the voice of the powerful and the many, and so it could hardly be more applicable to our current time in the United States of America, where people's lives are being oppressed by wokeism and by radical leftism. And, and the, the theme is this, Glenn. Uh, you know, in May 1954, something really significant happened, which is that, well, if you're into athletics, 
what happened is that for the very first time, the four-minute mile was broken. Roger Bannister broke the tape at 3.59, and nobody had ever done it before. But here's the funny thing. In the following year, uh, about seven athletes broke the four-minute mile, and then every subsequent year to the present day, more and more and more athletes were. To this day, you know, college athletes regularly break the four-minute mile. So what, what changed? Why is it that a year later, seven guys were able to do it, but prior to that, nobody had been able to do a four-minute mile? What Roger Bannister did was profound. He showed that it could be done. Because up till then, doctors had said that people would die in a four-minute mile attempt. It's not doable. Because, mm. you know, the experts always know best. Yeah. But Roger Bannister, a medical student himself, paid no attention to that and just calmly went ahead and ran a four-minute mile. Uh, the fact that something can be done is hugely important. The deep human belief that something is impossible will absolutely uh, tyrannize one and render one's efforts completely futile. If you don't believe, and this is part of what uh, uh, athletics coaches do, uh, it's part of what mm. motivational work does, if you don't believe deep in your heart that what you're attempting to do is doable, you probably won't make it. And your likelihood of success is vastly increased by the uh, knowledge, conviction, belief that you will and can do it. And so up till that point, the concept that uh, people can free themselves or be freed by God from a tyrannical set of circumstances is hugely important. And perhaps in, in my lifetime, perhaps no more important than it is right now where um, uh, you know, people, people are being oppressed by the United States government, people are being impress, oppressed by wokeism at colleges and in the, in the university system, in the public school system, which I call government indoctrination camps. I don't call them public schools anymore. Uh, you know, people, uh, you know, there, is, there is a whole area of research, which interestingly enough, Russian scientists have done some good work on, that oil is not the result of a decaying vegetable matter, but it's actually a chemical process that takes place under high temperature and pressure deep underground, which suggests uh, an explanation for why it is that many oil fields, like one in Louisiana most notably, that was declared to have a lifespan ending very soon, seems to have re re been reborn and the reserves have increased. It's as if new oil is being made. You're not allowed to say this because it violates the whole doctrine of shortage and scarcity. Mm. And, um, and people's lives, there are scientists who've told me, uh, I'll, I'll point you in the direction of some research, I'll give you some books, but I will not publicly allow you to quote me as saying this because I, I don't need my life destroyed. And this, this is a message of Passover. You know, are we able to stand up to the tyrants? And some of us can and some of us can't. It's as simple as that. You know, I don't blame anybody who says, look, I want to be able to continue feeding my family. Back with uh, Rabbi Lappin here in just a second. First, let me tell you about Goldline. Um, everything that you are being told um, is is wrong. The, remember, it was the experts that said there would be no inflation. There, it was the experts that said uh, that it was when inflation hits, it was just transitory. Then it's not going to be so bad now that we're here hitting highs. And if you calculate it the way it used to be calculated back in the 80s, they changed the calculation to make it look better. We are 
up way above three points above at the worst in 1980 it was inflation was in the 14 range like 14.6 uh we are now 17.1 if you calculate it the same way take away the games from the government and you see they are really really bad at predictions or they're just straight out liars uh, Thomas Sowell pointed out that a hundred dollar bill in 1998 would buy less than a twenty dollar bill in the 1960s. It, you'll lose eighty percent of its value in that time. Eighty percent. The empire is falling, and our money is going to be worth less and less until eventually it's worthless. Please. Call Goldline now and find out. Ask them about their specials on uh, graded $5 gold Indian head coins. You may be eligible for free platinum as well. You have to call. Find out how to qualify. Just call them now. Do your own homework. 866-GOLDLINE. 866-GOLDLINE or goldline.com. 10 seconds. Station ID. So Rabbi Daniel Lappin is with us. Um, Rabbi, you told me one time that in uh, in Exodus, when they were exiting, that not all the Jews went. And I think this is so critical to understand because we think that everybody's got to get on board for something big to happen. And it's not true. Even the Jews, many of them decided to to stay in in Egypt as slaves. Right. Yes, because, you know, the devil, you know, and don't forget, there's an aspect of slavery which is very appealing, and that is you don't have to worry about your food and shelter. Your rent is paid, your uh, your food stamps, you get your food stamps, and I'm making a deliberate parallel between slavery and welfare. In both cases, uh, your dignity is destroyed, and you become subservient to whoever, whoever is uh, putting bread on your table and a roof over your head. And so there's an aspect of slavery which is very appealing in that sense. And so not surprisingly, the Hebrew original, and, you know, when, when you kindly said everyone needs a rabbi, uh, you know, you were just not, not just promoting full employment for rabbis, but, <laughs> uh, you know, you were allowing me to submit my candidacy in all humility. Yeah. And the reason is because the, the Hebrew text is really, really important. Uh, like most translations, the translations of the Bible uh, leave out a good deal of the meaning. It's, there's a reason that people who want to study Russian literature study the language of Russian to read it in the original. And the Bible deserves no less. And the, the Hebrew is very clear that only 20% of them agreed to follow Moses out. The rest prefer to stay behind. And it's, it's perfectly comprehensible. Uh, you know, the... Um, uh, how many people, how, what, what percentage of, them, of the colony's population followed George Washington? What percentage decided to rebel against Britain? Only about a third, I believe, and you, you'll know better than me. The, the, yeah, the it's about 20, 20%. Same figure, mm-hmm. same amount. And that's what, that's what we have to recognize, and that revolutions can occur even with only 20% of the people. The world can be changed. You don't need more than 20% of the people. And, um, and that's probably all you're going to get. So um, our problem here is we no longer understand freedom. Uh, and yeah. I think it's, you know, if you've had it so long, you just don't appreciate it, especially as isolated to the rest of the world as we are. We're a huge, 
huge country. So most yeah. Americans, this is all they know. How do you fight against that? Um, well, it's it's very. It, I mean, needless to say, it's very difficult. Um, you know, Lenin himself once said that the best way to destroy the capitalist system was to debauch the currency. Mm-hmm. And through the process of inflation, he uh, he observed governments can confiscate secretly and and observed an important part of the wealth of their citizens. Okay, so we're we're seeing that happen. Uh, how do we combat it? Well, I think that, uh, in my view, the most important thing is, first of all, to take care of what I teach. Um, I mean, today this is 90% of what I do, is teach people to develop their what I call their five Fs. And, and that means that even though uh, there is a deliberate attempt to try and make you poor and to make you dependent on government, that's, that is the ultimate goal. Uh, you've got to develop your finances and you've got to focus on friendships. One of the things that socialism does is destroy the bonds between citizens. You know, in the old Soviet Union, there were no PT, parent-teacher associations. There were no rotaries. There were no lions club, no organizations of, and that's why the founders knew that the principle of free association was so critical. And so um, uh, I focus on helping people become financially independent, uh, socially independent, and uh, to develop their uh, relationship with their faith, because I think that's crucially important. You know, a a lot of people say, you know, I I don't, I'm just, you know, I'm not a religious person. I don't have faith. I don't have a connection with God. Well, when I was a teenager, I used to have pimples all over my face. I didn't walk around saying, hey, happy to meet you. I'm Daniel Lappin. I'm a pimply teenager. <laughs> I spent the equivalent of the gross domestic product of small countries in the United Nations on pharmaceuticals to clear my face until it cleared up. And I think in the same way, I, I would say to people, you know, you won't accept the fact that, you know, you, you're, uh, this is wrong with you or that's wrong with you. You try and get it fixed. Uh, the fact that you're not religious is not terminal. Do something about it. Because it really is harder to function in a society whose driving force is secularism if you deny yourself the countervailing fuel that can propel you to freedom. So, I mean, I, I, think, I think the faith is an important factor. I, I don't know, you know, the, the, the Black Robe Regiment is something I still have a lot of faith in, and, uh, and I'm, I'm hoping its moment will, will arrive and, and will be with you. But in the meantime, you've got to survive. Your, your family has to survive. Um, and so you have to b- build that up. Rabbi, um, we have 30 seconds here, so if you can. I made the case last week, and I think you, you heard it, um, that we're actually too religious. We're way religious. It's just a religion of wokeism. Do you agree? <laughs> No, absolutely. Secularism is a religion. Yeah. No question. All right. Uh, Rabbi Lappin, thank you so much. By the way, you can see the Rabbi Lappin uh, podcast or get it wherever you get your podcast and blazetv.com. The Glenn Beck Program. A movement to start a parallel economy has already begun in many ways. More and more as time goes on, you have to have, and I think we all realize this now, um, the ability to do business with companies that believe what you believe. Um, 
<laughs> do do business with companies that don't believe in ESG or or do believe in abortion. And so they're taking their money and actually funding and helping Planned Parenthood. Uh, Patriot Mobile is not one of those companies. Patriot Mobile stands with you uh, and they believe the same kind of things that you believe. They are fighting in there every day for our rights, but also to give you the best cell service possible. So these are people that think like us, defend us with their money, and also give us great service. If if you can, switch right now. Stand with the people who stand with you. Switch to PatriotMobile.com slash Beck. You're going to save money, get the same great coverage. 972-PATRIOT. 972-PATRIOT or PatriotMobile.com slash Beck. Head over to blazetv.com slash Glenn to save 10 bucks off your subscription to Blaze TV with the promo code Glenn. IRS is scrambling today. They they only have 15,000 employees to answer thousands of calls and... Uh, Wow, I feel, I feel you know, I feel really bad for them. Do you? That's how I feel today. Right. I feel bad for the IRS well, employee. Amen. Who, who's sitting there just not able to get through all those times they need to harass the American people over the money they didn't earn. Yeah. You know, that is what I feel today. And I've just overwhelmed that side of the feeling with the feeling of great charity and the work that I'm doing for <sighs> Thank this Thank goodness nation. you said that. Yeah. Because I have, I'm sure I have built countless turtle tunnels all over the country. You know what, Glenn? Even you, a man who's been taxed up like, like a probe from an alien <laughs> yeah, for the past 20 plus years without the alien baby you probably uh-huh. have still not paid for any full turtle tunnels <laughs> because they probably <laughs> cost a billion dollars a piece you're right you know every you're once right. in a while i think about that this is this is the mm. this is the darkest this is the darkest mm-hmm. you'll get about mm-hmm. your country you'll see some dumb program that cost million on a turtle tunnel. And you'll just be like, gosh, that's unbelievable. (laughs) And then I want you to stop and think about it. Because if you're the average American, you, in your entire life, all of the taxes you will ever pay will not even fund that one turtle tunnel. Nope, not one. Not even one turtle will cross underneath the road because of you. So all of those hours, all of those hours Mm -hmm. that you have worked, Half the year for some people, mm-hmm. half of the time that you spend working, yep. it won't even finish a turtle tunnel. Nope. Not even one nope. government waste project will you fund in your lifetime. Life. Let me, think let me about how, think of the despair you should feel today. <laughs> today. Because, yeah. I, you know, it's not even like people are like, oh, well, well, you know, there's a lot of people who need things and the government does important things for important people or for, for certain people. A lot, does a lot, a lot of important things for important people, too. That's a whole nother situation. But like the basic idea that, OK, we're helping there's a, there. You know, there are people who cannot do it and they need help. There's an orphan somewhere who needs a meal and, you know, somehow they've fallen through the cracks. And we need, OK, let's just say that person exists. I'm sure somebody does. Certainly some people uh, are helped by government funds at some level. 
But it's like, you know, so little of your money ever goes to anything like that. It's just a waste. If they turned it all off tomorrow, if they turned the income tax off tomorrow, we would go have to go. We'd have to figure out how to go back and live like we did when we spent like the Barack Obama presidency. Just the time from the beginning of Barack Obama to now is the entire income tax is how much we've increased the budget. So you could turn it off, off, and we'd have to go back only to Barack Obama spending levels. We are so completely out of control. And now we've come to a point in our political back and forth in which there is no other side to the argument. There's only let's spend a, you know, a $3.5 trillion and let's spend $2.5 trillion. When the Republicans get in control, they do the exact same thing as the Democrats, except maybe a little less spicy. And so we're all eating the same foods. Just one has more Tabasco than the other. And that is not a way... You, you did your own spending. taxes, didn't I you? Did. Yeah, I can tell. Did. I did. did. <laughs> what do you think my afternoon is? If tonight's Stu Does America sucks, you know why. Because I couldn't spend a minute on it. Instead, I had to work on my stupid taxes and not my actual taxes, Glenn. No, no. <laughs> I have to spend more time today, like I did all Easter weekend, on my extension to my taxes. Because I don't even have all the forms yet. The people who I have to go and get forms from are not even able to turn them in. They need an extension to send me the forms. So now I need an extension to send in my taxes so that they can hold on to my money for just a little longer. A little longer. And then maybe I'll be lucky and get a refund of my own money. Won't that be a miracle? Well, let me pl- it will, because mm. the money you gave them, you know, a year ago. Yeah. That's worth about 17 cents less <laughs> yes. on every dollar. Right. Right. Yeah. Taxes during inflation, it makes it even more fun. Oh, yeah. Because everyone looks at this, like, I got a refund. Like this moment of pride. The government has given you a gift of a refund. They've held your money hostage through a high inflation period. And now they might give some of it back to you. Which is worth... Almost 20 (laughs) cents less. less. And they're not even going to give it back to you on time. Yeah. As they're saying now, they're delaying these quote unquote refunds uh, for months and months and months. Because as you know, Glenn, they only have 15,000 people to harass everyone. So all uh, all the time that you could have had that money, even if you put it in the most basic uh, account and get a couple of percent, You'd still be able to close the gap as to what they're going to give back to you, but you can't even do that. Mark this show on the calendar uh, because I think we're going to come back to it in a couple of years and we'll be like, look, we talked about it and everybody said it wouldn't happen. Um, just imagine how much we're going to love it when we have a Fed coin. Oh, my gosh. And you won't have to worry about paying your taxes. It will just never be put into your account. Mm, that'll be Because great. the Fed will be able to decide what's taxable and what's not so you won't have tax day they'll just take it and it really in the way of you're guilty until proven innocent because there's got to be some way to go no wait a minute part of that was you know a deduction for this this and this and then they'll have to look at that and go well i'm not sure Mm. all right we'll give you a bitcoin go get some mouse food 
incredible. And there's no way to know. I mean, I, I, the amount of work that I've put into this. Now, look, I do procrastinate a bit. And I will admit, although the forms come in so late, there's no way you can't start it in January. You no. have to wait until all the stuff comes in to actually be able to do it, to go through everything. It's, you know, I, I, some some tax returns I've done in my life were pretty easy, uh, you know. And I, by the way, I should point out, I'm not doing it. I'm just doing the preparation work so that the accountant can do it. I have no idea what she does. <laughs> she gets all these pay. I send it her is thousands magic. of forms. It I have no idea what happens. Magic. I and I've said, I've, I've said, cause I've been audited before mm. and, uh, oh my goodness. I, I thought I was being visited by aliens with the, <laughs> anyway, uh, it's, uh, it's not a fun process to go through. In my case, it ended up, it was either even, or they owed me like $200, something mm. like that. Yeah. Um, cause I, I overpay. Yeah, that's why I say the same thing every time. No, at least that's what I say. If it's a question, if there's any doubt, let it fall that way, not my way. Error in the government's favor because I don't want to freaking be harassed. Right. I don't want to be harassed. I don't want to go through it. I don't want to have to cough up money. Just let it go in there. But I don't know. And so many things now, like cryptocurrency. Oh, my God. How do you even... They don't even have the laws. They don't even have the rules. They don't have any idea how to prepare it. You could go to the IRS, and they won't really even know. It's all guesswork. It's so true. You go to... Go look at some of the, the cryptocurrency like tax forums on like Reddit and, and all these. And like it's everyone just asking, like, what the hell are we supposed to do with this? And people linking to article after article after article trying to explain how to treat, you know, uh, some complicated cryptocurrency transaction and, and on your taxes. It's like, you know, people look, I, I, I really hate taxes. I really hate them, as you may be able to tell in this segment. But like I want, I love I, them. I, well, I but, mean, don't. <laughs> but I'm trying to be like I. You know, when people are like, "Well, I don't want X, Y, and Z, and that's why I don't do it. I don't follow the law. I just, you know, look, I, I want to follow the law. I believe I that think following the law is an important thing of, that a civilization needs. Okay, I even th- with laws that you right. don't love. I think that I couldn't. I could not gauge America today anymore. Mm-hmm. But I think when I was growing up, and I still have this ethic. Uh, I don't mind paying taxes. I do mind paying unfair taxes, but I still pay them. Yes. But I'll make my voice heard. Mm -hmm. I don't like this. This isn't right. However, I'll pay them. And I think most Americans don't approach their taxes with anything other than I just want to get this done and I want to get it right. I just Mm -hmm. you know what? I don't want any hassle. Just let me pay my fair share, whatever that is, even though it's probably not fair. Um, let me just pay it. I think most people yeah, go that right. way. I think you're right. I don't think people necessarily are trying to evade Cheat. their taxes. No. They want to just get it done and get it right. They prefer if the government did something of value with their money, which they never seem to do. Never. But, it, you know, like you put up with it. It's just it's a part of life. Like there's a, there are roads I want to go faster than the speed limit. And, you know, sometimes maybe I do a little bit. But generally speaking, you keep it in line because, but, you know, you, you, we're a rule following society generally. How did we get this system other than it has to be because the progressives did it? How do we get the system in a country where you are innocent until proven guilty? How is it? We are with the IRS. We are guilty until we bring this stuff to show we're innocent. Yeah, 
it's incredible. It's just a total reversal of uh, everything of the country stands for. Yeah. And, you know, it, it, remember, the country, when it was founded, didn't have this. No. It, they, they, were, they specifically needed to pass a constitutional amendment to even allow this to occur to you. Yes. This, this was not supposed to happen to Progressives. you. Progressives. Yeah. They passed it. And what did they say, Glenn? Never higher than, what, 9 or 10%? No, they said it would never be for anyone um, uh, that made less. I can't remember. Than like It was a, an extraordinary number back then, like $100,000, which was like $2 yeah, million. Millions today. Yeah. Um, and they said it would be never more than 5 to 7%. And then how it was only a few years it was later. Like two years later, it was a ten. Mm-hmm. And then it was and it was <laughs> and it was and it was way down for everybody. Everybody started to pay taxes. Mm-hmm. And then as soon as one of the wars hit, was it the it was first world first war. world war? Yeah. It went up to you know seventy. Ninety. It was at some point. It was at ninety five percent top income tax rate. That was yeah. in I think under Roosevelt. Yes, and but it, there were all kinds of loopholes. Right. You know, if you were newly rich, you know, you hit the non-existent lottery back then and you had all that money you wouldn't have the sophistication or the attorneys to be able to find all the loopholes for you You just paid and it was 95 percent. but if you you know if you had the money and knew how to work the system you didn't pay that and a lot of that's still happening still happening it's still happening like i mean if you're mega mega ultra rich you 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 find ways uh, to pay lower taxes. I mean, you know, there was a big... But they're all legal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, Donald Trump was amazing when he was accurate, when he said, yeah, I may pay lower taxes. That's the way the yeah. system works. Change it if you don't like it. Yeah. And he's absolutely right. Everybody, of course, is trying to pay as low a tax as they can. Yeah. Who under is the- trying to pay more? Nobody. And you know this because they put... An, ad, an address where you can give gifts to the U.S. government every year. If you believe your tax burden is too low, you can give gifts to the U.S. government to spend against their general fund in which they can uh, pay for taxes. Every progressive should be doing that. And no one does. No one does. I think they. Uh, I think there's like one or two, isn't there? Yeah, they usually year. get a few every year. Yeah, they get a um, few. A few but, bucks, but it's like yeah. not a lot. It's it, it shows that this idea that taxes should be higher is something they utilize to punish others. They don't care about it themselves. They they want to punish others, you know, and they do they've done this forever. People, you know, Bernie Sanders. Bernie Sanders comes out there. I mean, he was asked about it in one of the debates. It's like, "Hey, you keep saying taxes should be well, higher on the wealthy. You're the wealthy and you don't give more than you than you're supposed to. Why? Why don't you just implement this policy for yourself?" Wow, because it's not the system that I would think that would really be able <laughs> yeah. to handle. Okay, all right, thanks. All right, let me tell you about uh, my Patriot Supply. The re- Great Reset is in full swing. Um, sometimes I really hate uh, being right. Uh, you cannot afford to leave your family unprepared. For what is happening with the food prices that are coming our way, I mean, the only ones that don't say we're headed for a deep recession, really, literally, is the White House. Everybody else is now saying that uh, to some recession to full blown depression. All I know is with the war that's going on, we are going to have food prices hike through the roof between the war and inflation. So please prepare yourself for any kind of jolt to the system. Please go to preparewithglenn.com. Preparewithglenn.com. Save $150 on a three-month emergency food kit from My Patriot Supply. 
Again, preparewithglenn.com. They have lots of a variety. Order ship quickly. Everything arrives in unmarked boxes for your privacy. It's preparewithglenn.com. Don't wait. Preparewithglenn.com. Do it now. The Glenn Back Program. So we have a happy stat for you on tax day. And again, you're going to feel very charitable, very charitable. So this is the last pre-pandemic year. Obviously, the budgets are much worse now than they were then. But America spent in 2019 more on taxes than it did on food, clothing, and housing combined. All of the basic necessities of life combined are outweighed by just the taxes that you give to the government so that they can completely waste in your honor. Now, I should clarify. Mm-hmm. Half of the country <laughs> pays more mm. than the entire country's housing, food, mm. uh, and uh, what's the other one? Gas, clothing. clothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Combined. Combined. You're- so half the country... Paid as much as the entire country paid, right? Yeah, because and the number was higher than ever. You're talking about the number where of people, percentage of people who do not pay any income tax at all, mm-hmm. and that number usually, famously, Mitt Romney, forty seven percent, and it bubbled mm-hmm. around that number for a while. It's well over fifty percent now. As we like, hit what's the pandemic. well over fifty? I don't have the number in front of me, but yeah. it's over fifty percent. Uh, of you uh, of the country now yeah i want to say it was 56 or something that's when that's that is when uh, ben franklin said the country would be over as soon as the majority of people uh were there and the uh, politicians Mm -hmm. realized they can win with a tax scheme it's over there's no way back but he was usually wrong about stuff really yeah the kite thing that was not this is the Glenn Beck Program.